Alright, what is up everybody? It's the World on Drugs Podcast and I'm Steve Fury and we got a, another banger. This week we're doing it all about Evil Corp. Wow, what an ambiguous name. Huh? And where where does this place come from? I don't know, guys. If you know me, where do I think the most evil place in the world is? Russia. I do. I do. <laughs> Start off with a little racism. I don't know. Is it racist if you're making fun of white people and you're white? I don't know. I just had a little bit of my beer. Make sure you pop one of those right now if you can. This one we got from our boy, Gray Livingston. Shout out to my G. Always enjoy his work. Just had Hallie jump on my lap. Uh, if you don't know about Evil Corp, they are a uh, cyber cyber crime conglomerate. They're the ones who did that pipeline hijacking. They do the shit all over. Essentially, um, in the world of hacking and malware, there's no entity more infamous than Evil Corp. They're almost single-handedly responsible for creating the environment surrounding cyber crimes today. And this brainchild of Maxim Yikbich and Igor Tureshev has collected hundreds of millions of dollars from its victims. They are untouchable, untraceable, and their malware is so impossibly hard to detect it can infect an entire network of computers before ever being noticed. Yeah, so this is a good one. This guy, this uh, group is kind of responsible for all the bad shit on computers. They're not all of it. There's some guys, but essentially... Well, you'll hear all about that. That's for later in the podcast. That's just a little nibble. little nibble of what's, what's to come. Is it an appetizer? No. It'd be like if an appetizer was, like if you were having steak and potatoes for dinner and someone came out and gave you a tiny, just a little piece of steak and a little piece of potato. And then you went on to hear about my week. So, oddly enough, it has been a while since I talked to you guys. I think it was a a week since the last one I recorded that one two weeks ago so I believe last time we talked um I fucked up at the main room um I wasn't gonna get that anymore I didn't know where I was gonna go I didn't know how I was gonna make money but obviously if you know this weird uh career choice I have taken uh that being stand-up comedy it's definitely not for everyone. I'll say that right now, okay? And it definitely everyone's experiences are not mine. But mine tend to be, it all seems to work out. Probably because, one, I'm very good. Two, I'm very dedicated. Three, I work very hard. So if, think if you do all three of those things and anything, it'll work out for you. So, kept getting my uh, main rooms. So that's fucking sick. Been getting those every week still, two a week. Uh, just life-changing the... Uh, that amount of money it's not much money but it is uh helps me everything i'm doing in my life to be honest with you um comedy store we should have been there already guess what they're still not <laughs> still not gone so i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen with that honestly but they keep saying just wait but um I'll, you'll learn why i can't wait guys i can't because of what's coming up next um, as I was freaking, oh, here, today. So I've been doing walks. I've been doing five miles a day trying to get my 10,000 steps in. Um, of all the diets I've ever done, of all the exercising I've ever done, other than, you know, a regimen of the gym every day with a personal trainer, these 10,000 steps every day I lose my weight. I mean, you got to eat a little bit better than you normally do. 
But honestly, guys, I could not suggest just getting in 10,000 steps a day. It doesn't all have to be at once. There's a tracker you can get on your phone. I think your phone comes with one if you have an Apple, but you also can just download one that tracks your steps. Live your life, live your day life, and at the end of the day, or I do in the beginning of the day because I'm rather sedentary in my lifestyle, um, get in those 10,000 steps and you start to lose money. I'm <laughs> you don't start to lose money. You start to lose weight. And that's what I've been doing, man. I did take a little bit of a week off because uh, last weekend, not the one two days ago, but the one way before that, I went to a music festival. I went to uh, Life is Beautiful, but we'll get into that. And I was so hungover from Life is Beautiful that I needed to take a week off. That's why I know I'm getting old because it used to be, you know, I'll just go at it the next day. I remember when I was a kid, I would sneak out of my dad's house. I would eat a shit ton of old school ecstasy, the weird little pills, schmackers, triple stacks, single stacks, dubs, and then I would wake up in the morning at 6 a.m. and go help him dig holes for a fence or climb under a fucking house. Now, I need about a week. For what I did, I need about a week, but we'll get into what happened. So I took a week off of walking, turned into a sort of a boiled ham physique, sweating red disgusting so i started working again today I already got my ten thousand in it's about 11 o'clock right now so not too bad i'm having a beer at 11 o'clock but whatever man football's day <laughs> um so i get to walking but the only problem is it's kind of in the morning and when i start walking in the morning i might get the doo-doos and there's actually a very good public restroom i get it no one wants to use a public restroom, okay? It's not like something I enjoy doing. But I walked to Griffith Park. No, not Griffith Park. I walked to the Greek Theater. The Greek Theater. Uh, it's a fantastic theater. Great uh, place to watch a band. One of the most famous venues in the world. There's the movie Get Him to the Greek with uh, Puff Daddy and Fat Jonah Hill. Not skinny mushroom-taking Jonah Hill. So... I go there, and it's a pretty nice neighborhood, and they have a little park, and it's always a pretty nice park, and they have a bathroom, and I think the public uh, like the public park system comes through and cleans the bathroom every day because it's fucking clean. It's still a public restroom, but like it's a single toilet. Everything's kind of clean, so sometimes when I'm walking, I'll have to take a shit because it's uphill, and it's kind of at pooping time, so I go to poop in there. I've probably pooped five times in there. Been walking probably this whole year, in and off the whole nah, since I moved here. So you know, four or five months. So what? Pooping in a public restroom once a month is that really that bad, guys? You're gonna hold that against me? I'm a grown man with the butthole of an old man, a very an old man who only eats bacon, and his stomach is fucked up. I think I actually should go to the hospital and get it checked out. That's not the point. Today I went into the bathroom, the mecca of all public restrooms. I sit down. I notice a little damp in there. I don't know if the old park ranger poop cleaner upper and his tiny little fucking white pickup truck didn't stop by. But I noticed it was a little bit dirty. Could have been doesn't work on Sundays because it's Monday. I don't know. I get up. I start walking. I notice I have what I would guess was fecal matter on my shorts. Not mine. How, Steve, how do you know it wasn't your fecal matter? Different color. If you're someone who looks back at your poop once in a while, see how you're doing. I think you should, you know, because if you talk to a, a medical professional, your poop can tell a lot about yourself, guys. So I always give it a little one-two, little peek around the bush, you know, see if it's not black. If it's black, that means you have stomach bleeding or intestinal bleeding and you could be dying. Seeing how the old hemorrhoids are doing. This has got a lot of poop talk coming up, coming up early. 
<laughs> that's one thing in stand up and I'll I'll say this again, I'll write the so we get back to the poop talk. But um you know, you don't want to start a podcast or a comedy show too dirty. And I've thrown that out the window because I'm doing poop talk right up top. Right up top. It's not even noon. Who talks about poop talk during noon? And this is what I had to say about the poop on my shorts from another human being, probably homeless. Dude, I was walking at like 8 a.m. Who has diarrhea before 8 a.m.? What are you doing in your life, sir? It was a men's restroom, sir. You can get diarrhea. You Diarrhea is after 5 p.m., okay? It's what happened to your body before that you're processing. If you're deeing out of your B, diarrhea out of your butt, at 8 a.m., son, you're, you, got, you got worse problems than being homeless, okay? You, your, your, your innards are coming out of your body. Your innards are homeless. So... Still finish my walk. I mean, it wasn't in the large amount of diarrhea, but it's, you know, any amount of diarrhea is too much D. Okay. Still finish my walk. Came home. Burned the shorts. Burned them. Burned them. <laughs> like, I was going to say something's bad. So, diarrhea done. But how has my life been going since I was freaking out the other week? Uh, you know, my friends had died. Well, only were my friends work acquaintances. Um, how am I doing now? I uh, Good, man. Feels weird to say it, but how low I was to how I am now because everything changed. Um, kept getting the main rooms. Started getting one to two a week permanently. It seems to be my, you know, if you go to the comedy store and you want to see me, it seems like I get there on a, a midweek and a Friday or Saturday at about 1030 at night. Might be late for you, but for me, it is the my favorite place to perform in the world, on my favorite stage in the world. With all my favorite people in my favorite club. So that really made me happy. And then a day after um, I got a new lease on life with that and started keep getting uh, some dates, I um, my management called me. I don't know why my nose is always stuffy, okay? I'm not doing drugs. I'm not doing nose drugs, okay? I'm not doing anything. I might start um, microdosing mushrooms. But, you know, with my type of job, the reason I don't try to ever do any, like, uh, antidepressants or stuff like that, you know, you don't want to fuck with your brain when you're an artist because one thing could go off, though I do think mushrooms may help. But, no, I don't know why my nose is wrong. I know, so I'm going to the fin- My body reacts to the seasons quite a lot. Like, um, I get, I'm very, uh, I get eczema whenever seasons change, and I think my nose is just always kind of fucked up. I don't really know why. But... Back to the fantastic story that I'm telling. Uh, that's not about diarrhea for once. Um, so I get the date. Actually, I don't get the dates because she just tells me after that movie night. She goes, oh, it's all okay. Don't worry about it. But she's my friend. You know, I expect her to lie to me. And then the next day I get a call from my manager, Alex Goodman, over at Levity Entertainment Group, LEG. All my LEG homies stand up. Um. And he goes, hey, Bert is going on tour again. I already knew this. I was fucking waiting for this call. I was hoping to get, you know. Honestly, man, I was hoping to get Sacramento. And maybe one or two other ones, you know. Because me and Bert are friends. We're pretty good friends. But, you know, when you hang out with someone that's a superstar like that, you know, I'm the new guy to the group. It's kind of like a friend of a friend. But, you know, I'm getting in. But I'm definitely, not, you know, the other guy's his cousin. He's known him his whole life. And the other guy's Dave. It's his best friend. I'm in there, you know. So I go, they goes, hey, you got some Burke dates for you. I'm like, fucking thank you. 
I'm hoping to get Sacramento, hoping to get a couple other ones. Bad news is I didn't get Sacramento. Good news is I got 22 other ones. 22. 22 other dates with Bert. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool, man. What are you going to do, fucking clubs? No, bitch. We're doing theaters. No, bitch. I'm doing arenas. If you're in Columbus, Ohio, listen to Not Columbus. Cleveland, Ohio. Guess where I'm playing? Fucking where the Cleveland Cavaliers play, dog. I'm opening up for Burt Kreischer. 22 difference. I'm going to be all over Florida. And he doubled my pay from the last time. And my life will be fine for the next three to four months. And it was... Ah, just the best news I've ever got. Nah, not ever gotten, but pretty up there, man. Life changing. Like, I mean, I would have done it for free, you know. And it's just gonna be a blast. We're talking about it. He's. I'm in a few. I knew I was kind of in with them because I'm in this secret group chat with a few guys, and we talk about crazy shit. And it's like, you know, to get in that group chat, I think I'm in the crew. There's only like six people in there. <laughs> But in the group chat, we're talking about what we're going to do on some days off. We're talking about private jets to Tallahassee to watch Florida State. We're talking about going to the Bahamas for fun. We're talking about going to Key West, getting a mansion, hanging out there for something that's kind of like Mardi Gras, but with old people's tits out. Men, women, tits everywhere. Not my type of thing, but, you know, I'll, I'll experience anything. I'm keeping my tits in my shirt. But, um... Fucking hey, thank you. Thank you so much, Bert Kreischer. So I can't wait for that. So if you're going in Florida or the Midwest, I will be there. Um I'm doing most I'm doing I'm gonna be gone all of October. I'm leaving on the twelfth and I won't be back till the first of November. Going back in the in the bus with my boy Dave W. David Dubs, Dave Williamson, going in there with my man Ron the bus driver, my man Andrew Hobson. And we're going to go live in the bus again. I'll probably get fat as fuck again. She's kind of been a f- thing with me lately. I don't know, man. I'm getting like fucking plump. Like a boiled ham. <sighs> like Newt Gingrich. Um, Yeah, so I'm very looking forward to that. And then I got my first date with him was last weekend on Saturday in Las Vegas. Which is kind of funny because if you listen to this podcast, last time I went to Las Vegas, I did the Tropicana. Did a week with my man Jesus Trejo. Um, you know. Jesus is great. Great to work with him. Trop, not the best uh, hotel on the strip, probably. Not the best. Let's just put it like that. And then I got to do the Park MGM which is not the MGM Graham. It kind of seems like a little bit for older people. And I was staying in the Nomad, which is like the sick-ass hotel in there. But it's where Lady Gaga plays. It's where Bruno Mars plays. It's where there's like 5,000 people there, three to 5,000 people there. And um, most people I ever performed of in a place indoors. So I knew with Burt, there's like 4,000 cars, and you could estimate because you, you buy by the car, not by the person. So there's like two to four people in every car. So that was a lot. But, you know, it was like telling jokes at a Carvana distribution plant if you get what I'm saying so this was uh, awesome got to do it with my buddy Rosebud Baker she's a New York comic great funny check her out great hang um it was fun man <laughs> it's just it's just everything you know it's so funny when people go like oh how's opening for Bert uh it's everything you'd ever want as a performer 
I don't pay for anything. My pay was doubled, so it's decent. Um, and then the way people treat Burt Kreischer is something you have never seen in your life. When they always go, you know, rich people get things for free. You know, rich. Uh, he does. But he's also one of the most generous per- people in the world. For instance, uh, that month that I will be going with him, um, I will not be paying for anything. He will not want me to pay for anything. I can get whatever I want. There's a guy at every show called a runner, and you give him a list, and he goes and picks up whatever you want. Now, could I be like, go pick me up a PS5? No, I probably maybe people do it once, but no, I can't do that. But I can be like, you know, give me a bottle of Casamigos. Let me get some chips. Let me get some beef. Whatever the fuck I want, they go get it. I don't really ask for much. Maybe a toothpaste or something like that once in a month. But so... Bert's day. Go to his house. Check out his new house. He just finished. Fucking sick, man. I saw when he was building it. It was not a. Sh- it definitely was not a shithole. It was nicer than any house I've lived in. But the bones were nicer. The inside was from the seventies. There's shag carpet. It was red. It's pretty cool. I would have kept it in the seventies because I just kind of like that kind of old school shit. But I mean, he had another. He had another floor on it. He had his podcast studio in the back where he recorded his podcast, his wife's, and his gym. So I'm in there chilling. All of everything's new in there. I get to hang out with Leanne. If you know about Bert's life, she's fucking tight, man. She's just as nice and dope as you would picture, you know. I mean, you got to be pretty cool to put put up a Bert for that long, you know. Not that he ever does drugs or cheats on anybody, but, you know, man likes to drink and man has had a crazy life. And they're just two great people to hang out with. So then I'm hanging out with them. And then Andrew Hobson, his cousin, comes. He's kind of like his uh, consigliere, I would say. He's coming. Great to see him. We hang out for a while. Then we get a private Escalade to Jet Suite X, which is a um, it's like Uber pool, but for jets. So like people have jets and I guess they're not making enough money for their jets. So they rent it out and then a bunch of people rent it. And then you fly out of a hangar on an airport. So you don't. This actually goes out to all my drug dealing fans out there or gunslinging fans or uh, people doing illegal stuff. When you do Jet Suite X, you go to a hangar. You don't go through the airport and you just go on the the plane and they do not check your bags at all. They don't check your carry on at all. You can go in with whatever you want. And it's it's not crazy expensive. It's probably like 150 bucks more than a normal ticket. But if you're someone who has that kind of money to spend. Um, it's incredibly worth it. Um, jets are quite small. I would say that, you know, I'm too tall for it. I have to bend down, but just the, just the niceness of going to a hangar, no airport, no other people really, you know, planes seats like 30 people, maybe. I mean, a lot of Persians, (laughs) not there's anything wrong with that, but the LA Persians are quite fragrant people, not even in a bad way. Well, in a bad way, but not like body odor, like for instance, a gentleman in front of me sprayed his seat with cologne before he sat down. And it's just like, bro, you're on a fucking airplane. What are you doing? Now it's everywhere. I mean, fuck cool. You put Lalibo on the plane. I don't want to smell that shit, dog. So then we get into Vegas. Then we get a private Escalade from Vegas hangar airport to the show. We don't have enough time to go to our room. So they take our bags up to the room. And we get in the green room, same green room Lady Gaga's in. Uh, so it's, and the, normally green rooms are pretty stacked, but uh, Trevor, Trevor, his uh, tour manager, he kind of fucked up on like the last tour he did, but now the guy's on his shit. So we're in there, and you know, Bert's like, I'm a little bit hungry. And he's like, don't worry, I already got 10 pizzas from Italy coming. If you don't know what Italy is in LA, it's like this fancy, 
Italian market restaurant thing, kind of like a um, smorgasbord, like a place with a bunch of different restaurant kiosks, and almost like a food court for fancy meals. Like there's a, a, a oysters and there's crazy pizza places. So he gets ten pizzas for us. There's five people in the room, so each person can have two pizzas if you want. Insane. And this isn't dinner yet either. Dinner gets better. So then we're in there. They get all the beer. Trevor stacked everything with all the beer we wanted in the rider. All the beer I like, you know, because I don't like to drink. Now, if I'm going to hang out with Bert on a tour, um, I don't like to drink a shit ton of IPAs, man, because the way they drink these food fight IPAs are called from, it's not, it's not SpaceX Brewery, but uh, Cosmos Brewery. Some shit to do with space. It's out in, uh, by SpaceX in L.A. by the ocean in the airport. There's just extra 300 calories on each one of those, you know, man. And if I'm pounding in meat and pounding in all, <laughs> pounding in meat, <laughs> um, and doing all this stuff, man, I just can't. My body can't take the extra 300, so I try to go a lighter beer. So they picked me up some Stellas, picked me up some Modellos. They got six or seven different kind of local IPAs in this fridge. And then Trevor comes in with all the snacks that everyone likes to eat. And I'm not talking about one fucking Reese's. I'm talking about the kind of Reese's that the kid who grew up to be a drug dealer in your middle school was selling. You know, he had a box. He had a, was a box of Sour Patch Kids. It's a box of Snickers. A giant bag of uh, Cheetos. And Bert loves combos, and he loves uh, Kool-Aid. There's a shit ton of Kool-Aids in there, and there's six different kinds of combo bags. Combos are okay. They're kind of like a pretzel with weird salty stuff in the middle. It's okay. It's not my favorite thing in the world. But so we have that, and then the 10 pizzas come, and the pizzas are just excellent. Everything you can want, you know. The kind of fancy pizza where there's like dollops of mozzarella, mozzarella on it, not like covering the whole pizza, and then like, you know, light toppings. It's almost like they really prefer you to... Check out the crust on that thing, and it's chewy. It's fucking amazing. Then we go to the show. I go first because I'm a gentleman with uh, Rosebud. Great. It was just super fun, man. It was really fun. But, you know, my stuff's a little, like, I've told it almost every week now. You know, it's getting, it's definitely not dirty, but it's a little blue, a little uh, edgy is the way I would say my comedy is. You know, got a lot of drug jokes, and you don't really want to do those right up front. Just like you don't want to talk about diarrhea at 8 a.m. and a hobo squirting on your pants. But sometimes you just got to do it. And I did it, and it was fucking fantastic. Time flew by. Probably ran the light by a minute and a half, two minutes, but they don't really care that much. And if you are a comedian, minute and a half is as long as you're allowed to run a light. Running a light means, so if you guys, uh, when you see a favorite comedian, you're like, wow, these guys always kind of end at, first guy's always kind of 15 minutes, second guy's always 25, and last guy's always 45 to an hour. These guys just must no time. They must just have it on grip. Well, no, there's somewhere in the back where you guys can't see is normally a red light because it's the least abrasive, and it will shine, and you know. Depends on the comedian if you want to go, um, you know, I want a five-minute light, which means I want a light when I have five minutes left, or I want a two-minute light, so you do those kind of things. So um, I went up there, did great, and if you're going to run the light as a comedian, it's a bad thing to do. Running it, so if I'm going to do a 15-minute set and I do 16.30, that's about the most you want to do that no one's going to say anything. 17, you're pushing. You're doing 18. That's the problem is if you're on a show like at the Comedy Store where there's 10 comics... Every person is three minutes over. By the time the last guy going up, he's going 30 minutes late. That's why you can't do it. Does it really matter in a three-person show? No, but no one there is to see me anyway. So 
Might as well get in and get out and get my job done. Show's done. Then uh, this gentleman who owns the Wilbur Theater, apparently he's a comedy booking promoting god, comes up to the show, sees Bert, starts talking to him. I hear all these crazy old stories about, there's this one about this shady agent back in the 90s. And he's about to do, uh, <laughs> he's about to do Martin Lawrence's Run Till Dat show tour. Run till that tour, and now when you do these tours, you don't just you don't just do them and then people magically come. You also have promoters involved, and they get people in the seats and they help you do all this stuff. Martin says, "I'm going to go with this one guy," and this guy's like stoked to have him. So he's talking to the guy who owns the Wilbur, and they're driving up, and they're like, "We're going to go to Martin's mansion." You know, this is like it's like hotness, Martin. This is like when he's at his peak. Actually, Run Till Dead might have been the one after. This might be the one before whatever it's still a great story so he's running up there and he's driving up there in a brand new sl 500 mercedes-benz that's a two-door in the 90s drop top um apparently he's only 27 miles on the dash so this thing's brand new so they pull up to his mansion they get out martin goes wow nice car and the guy goes it's yours he tosses him the key martin gets the keys and he's like holy shit and they go open the back he opens the trunk and there's two briefcases two brown leather briefcases he opens one it's full of 100 dollar bills he opens the other one full of cocaine pure raw cocaine and then the guy goes well if you want to sign with me for to promote this whole tour just sign this right now and i'll give you all this stuff martin signs it all has a great tour the reason the guy did all that is because the guy was taking 50 percent of the gross income of the tour so he kind of screwed Martin over, but still a good story. So that guy's there. Then the head of um, entertainment for MGM, which MGM owns like six hotels there, is in the room. So this guy's, you know, arguably for an entertainer, the most important person in Las Vegas. And then his second in command comes and then a PR head of PR comes. They all come. And then we go to this restaurant from Chicago called like the Bellevue or the Bellevet something like that we get in there's this fucking chick at the front she's like we're closed you can't come in we're like no we're at a special party and she's like no we're closed you can't come in and then their manager runs in she's like oh are you guys with uh blah 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 we're like yeah they bring us in the restaurant's closing down and then we proceed to have a meal that probably costs two thousand dollars yeah there's about eight people there i would say about two thousand bucks it's fucking sick, bro. I never get to eat like that. I don't have that much steak in my life anymore, you know. Not that I'm against steak. I love it. But it's just like, you know, I'm not going to restaurants that really f do steak that often. And I don't really cook it that much. So I get this steak. It's kind of like you ever go to Morton's where everything's a la carte. A la carte should mean uh, way more expensive. Steak itself, ribeye, 16 ounce, no bone. Just take a guess in your head. What do you think? 50 bucks? 35 47 wrong $85 for a steak and then all the sides were bought differently and then we had the sick seafood tower and that they were wine and dining Bert because they wanted to do a residency there but I don't think Bert really wants to do it but he's being nice and doing all this stuff so they're buying him all this stuff and Bert's like I can't eat it and I'm just at the end of the table like a fucking garbage disposal everyone's like hey does anyone want the rest of this crab I'm like yeah bitch me Hey, anyone wants this lobster tail? Ya boy. Hey, anybody, just stop asking. Throw it in my mouth holes. I'll suck it down, rich folk. So I just balled the fuck out, and it was amazing. 
Dinner comes to an end. I did an Instagram game because my manager is telling me I need to do more on Instagram when I start hanging out with Bert because people are going to want to follow him. They're going to want to see more shit. And they're going to want to see me. And in Vegas on that show, after I did it, I jumped up like, you know, in the day and a half afterwards, 120 follows. So, you know, if I do the next 22, that's like extra 3K followers on my thing. And I, that'll get me into the 12K and that'll be awesome. That ends. I'm recording stuff. Oh, yeah. Why am I? What am I about to do? So before the day started, I'm starting to do a lot more stuff on my social medias, playing games. There's one I like to do where I ask a question. And so I ask people, um, what do you want me to do? You want me to put, because Rosebud, Rosebud's got a lot of money. She's from money. And she suggested that we bet our whole check. And I was like, shit, man, I kind of need that fucking money, right? So I go, okay, you know what I'll do? I'll bet a hundred bucks on one thing. I go, does anyone want me to play blackjack or roulette? Everyone voted roulette. Get down the table with Rosebud and Trevor. Trevor never bet before. He had a good time. I think he made one twenty bucks. Rosebud broke even, um, but they sat down a lot longer there. So I get there. I get a hundred bucks. Bam, put it on the thing. Start recording it. Everyone starts freaking out. I mean, so now I record. I'm like, it's not. No one's doing cards here. It's a fucking roulette, dog. Why can't I record this? But whatever. Put all a hundred on black. I want a hundred bucks. Bam, right there. So I get out two hundred bucks, and then I just go straight to bed. Wake up in the morning. Come back to L.A. Now we're here. So that's what happened. The week before that, I went to a music festival called Life is Beautiful in Old Town Vegas. How to describe this? I mean, the acts were insane. There's Billie Eilish. There was um, Young Thug, Black, Green Day, um, St. Vincent, Don Tolliver. Huge, huge, huge acts. So I'm excited things is i got a bad knee my buddy morgan who's and i went to this festival with like six of my best friends we all got it it's in old vegas man they turned old vegas from this shithole into like this man she looked like a movie bro like if there was a dilapidated building that an artist come in and painted all this crazy shit there's so many lights everywhere so we were like okay you know we'll take a bunch of acid maybe a little molly all these days we have fun but you know each between these stages it's not like um like a Woodstock where there's a bunch of bands that are all on one stage. This one, there's like six stages and there's bands going at all times on all of them. So you got to walk and I'm like, fucking, like, I got bad knees, like really bad knees. I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus in one knee and the other knee I dislocated. So I'm kind of like, I'm not going to be able to walk that far. But my buddy, Morgan, who was hit by a car, and if you saw me, uh, he got a scooter. So he's like, hey, why don't you get a scooter? You can get a scooter for 120 bucks, and then we'll just scoot around. And this is not a scooter like a razor. This is a scooter you get for like fat people in a supermarket. Right? Like the people who don't really need scooters, but they're just very lazy. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll get this thing. And, you know, it'll be like riding a bike or renting a bike. It won't be that big a deal. Um, it was because when I was driving on the scooter, everyone thought it was handicapped. And like I'm on a scooter, I have to start acting handicapped because I can't just be like get up and go get a beer. And people are like, holy shit, was he just healed by the power of Maroon 5 Sunday morning? No, I got to start being handicapped. And I start like really acting handicapped. Not like. <laughs> not like. Not like I'm drooling and stuff like that, but like I'm getting mad when people aren't letting me in, you know, because they don't know. They don't know I'm not handicapped and I'm not getting mad for me. I'm getting mad for all the handicapped people everywhere. And I got to say, not as fun as I thought it would be to be handicapped. I'm going to say that right now. You know, 
A lot of people thought it's all glitz and glamour. You know, you're rolling around here. You're pogoing there. Whatever. Um, being handicapped suck balls. Uh, people in this world are human pieces of trash. Pieces of shit. It really culminated when I was waiting for a bathroom. Didn't even go to the handicap bathroom. The thing is, when I got my... <laughs> I'm next in line. I'm about to go in. And a woman cuts me. That's me. A handicapped man. And I flipped the fuck out. I'm like, I'm fucking handicapped. My legs don't even work, you stupid bitch. What are you doing? She's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know you are in line. I was like, you fucking think I'm trying to enjoy the view of a public handicapped restroom? This ain't the public restroom at the Greek theater where you can maybe get a little diarrhea on you. This is a public restroom. At a music festival where people are spewing vomit and diarrhea everywhere. And what do you think? I'm enjoying the view, you dumb bitch. And she's like, I'm flipping out. And I stand up and I kind of hobble as if I... I hobble as if I have a dead leg. Because I got to. I can't just then get up and stand and walk in. And people are like, you're just faking it. And I wasn't, I mean, I was faking it. I wasn't faking it. It wasn't premeditated handicap faking. Okay. This is something where it just snowballed. Like when you're mur- you're going to murder someone, you know. It just, I, it wasn't premeditated. And then people keep talking to you and they want to be like, what, how'd you. <laughs> oh, they're like, well, what, what made you handicap? That's a big thing in your life, you know, when you can choose what makes you handicap. Was I born this way? Did I overcome something? Have I never have I never ran in my life? Or, you know, did I get breaking ankle playing soccer? <sighs> Only did it for one day. I, I left the thing in there. Because it just got to my head, man. I was like one of those hoity-toity handicaps. Yeah, no, no, you know, there's not even a real handicap. That's hoity doity. I just was letting it get to my head where I was getting extremely mad that people were being very rude to me. And not in the sense that I'm mad for me, but I'm like, this is how you would treat a handicapped person? You piece of shit. And you know, honestly, I may be mentally handicapped for even thinking that this would have been a good idea. But third day i got rid of it because uh, the second day I, I did it but the first day i didn't third day i got rid of it luckily i didn't walk i didn't walk the other day so my legs are fresh and worked out so that was that trip and i was burnt to my ends <sighs> this week i'm going to florida a comedy cafe in fort myers florida i'll be there thursday to saturday flying back um flying back uh sunday really excited for that man should be fun should be interesting man you know I know I'm good at this. Why? Because I, you know, traveling with Bert Kreischer I'm at the comedy store. So I know I'm good. But I always get scared that I, for some reason someone doesn't like you. Because this is the thing, man. I'm headlining the comedy ca- cafe. You know, I kind of headline C-rooms. But when you get to the headlining thing, you guys got to realize that if I don't, if my show's not going well, I have to be up there for an hour. You understand what I'm saying there, son? An hour. It's not like when you bomb, when you host, you're up there 10 minutes, 25 feature, up there for an hour. And from what I heard, this is a blue collar kind of old people town. So we'll see if they like me, but whatever. I'm just scared for that check, boy. Um, our guest this week is my man, Jay 
F. Harris, one of my best friends. Met him in L.A. He's, he, he's a New York guy. He actually helped me get this club. Oh, how funny. He's the one who put me in touch with these people. J.F.'s one of my best buds. We used to, do we ever run a show together? No, we were going to run a show together. The sweet guy, sober, very funny. He's been on Comedy Central, uh, built the ringers on Comedy Central got them. He's done James Corden Tonight Show. Just a great guy. Very com- funny comic. He's going to be on this show. Oh, man. Other than that, what else we got? Things to check out. Um, Jailbreak on Netflix. They just came off the new season. Um, this one's all about New Orleans. New Orleans. Everyone on there sounds like Punky Johnson. That's about it, guys. Life is good. Stay strapped. Don't let none of these bitches take you down. My name is Steve Fury. This week we're doing it on Evil Corp, the Russian, the Russian cybercrime syndicate. Um, our guest is J.F. Harris. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We'll see how this goes. Thank you guys for growing the numbers. Real small every week, but you know, share that shit, man. Let's go, bro. Share with your friends. You know, it's getting better. It's getting good, but um. I don't know, guys. Love you. Thank you very much. The show's episode was pretty good. Bye. J.F. Harris, thanks for sitting down. Steve. Did my yell. Everyone's familiar with the yell. They've never heard it, though. Oh, no? Mm. You got to leave one in once in a while. Have you ever talked about leaving in the... I bet I have, and it scared people, and they've had to (laughs) hear me like jack up some fucking Polish word like a hundred times. Like, skizzersvechki. Give it, right. er. <laughs> and they were like, is that the guy's is last name? Er. <laughs> his last name is Um, All right, we're talking about... Sounds like he's won a Stanley Cup in his life. Yeah, he's yeah, he definitely lost to the... Oh, he was the loser on the Miracle on Ice. Um, So we're going to do this about Evil Corp. Hell yeah. These are uh, internet gods. They kind of started the whole um, malware. Yeah. They're the, they're the OG... Yeah. Uh, blackmail you yeah. or or you're not getting your children to hospital back yeah well, yeah they're well, that that they are uh, they are the first ones that did the uh the ransom stuff ransomware and then the first stuff that came from uh the first kind of real we're gonna go into zeus the forefather july 17 2007 the u.s department of transportation had over 1,000 of their computers hacked by an unknown malware notably a security analyst at the time said what is the most worrying is that this particular sample of malware wasn't recognized by existing antivirus software. It was able to slip through the enterprise's defense. This nat- malware would become known as Zeus, Z-E-U-S, or Z-Bot. JF, how do you feel about cyber crimes? Has anyone ever stolen your dinner or anything? <laughs> that was barely a sentence. How You're you f- trying not to burp at the same time. I was time. burping and I had a... Um, a pepper in my mouth from a pizza I had about 25 minutes ago. Nice. Uh, I, I have been the victim of cyber crime. Uh, I have had, like, someone steal money out of my bank account. But, like, in this day and age, Chase Bank just, like, gives you that back. So it's like, hey, good on them. I know. That's kind of how I feel. It's kind of like, who's getting hurt? A bank or insurance? It's like, yeah. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. A bank who gives me 1% interest, less than 1%, 0.01% interest, but yet charges me $1,000 if I have one late credit card fee. Oh, yeah. bro. I fucking, I got hit. I bought three things for like $3.50, like $3.50, but I, like my debit was done because I just went crazy one weekend. Yeah. And fucking, it didn't go into my savings. It charged me an extra $25 for each one. Yeah, that's insane. So I was negative. And then I was negative almost $100 because each thing added up. And then it charged me even more. I was like, dude, what the fuck? I hope someone steals my your identity. 
Yeah. I've never had anyone steal my identity. I've never had my, like, identity identity stolen. And, like, start a credit card or something? Nothing like that. Um, I mean, who steals somebody who has $20,000 in credit card debt? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you really can't do much with mine. You could maybe steal my uh, cryptocurrency, but still, you're under. You got some crypto? Oh, yeah. Nice. I'll do it every week. I invest 25 more bucks. That's smart. Since the beginning of uh, COVID. Nice. Yeah, it worked out well. I mean, not that well. Not for like a man my age. Yeah. But like a comedian at my level, I'm doing okay. (laughs) November 2007. Security. So that's about five, six months after when it all started. Security experts start finding souped up versions of the Zeus competing automated bank frauds. Two years later, in March, Zeus malware begins to explode across the country in a fast-moving wave of phishing emails. So essentially, they would send you an email, you'd click on it, they would that that would then lo- uh, load this thing in your computer that would just wait until you went on a banking app. Yeah, they basically just trick boomers. They're like, "Hey, yes. Jeff, it's Steve from accounting. Yep. Do you know your password?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course." Then be like, "Great, can you send it to us? We want to make sure it works right." Yeah, <laughs> and then they're yeah. just like, "Yeah, of course." And the, yeah, one hundred percent. Six seven months after that, December two thousand nine, three point six million PCs have been infected by the Zeus malware, and no- since it was f- another reason to go Mac, baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but back then that really wasn't a thing. No one yeah. was fucking with those weird purple computers, yeah, or anything. And since it was first seen in 2007, have already t- stolen over 70 million dollars. God damn. God, dude, they start doing so good. What I love about the Evil Corp guys is they really start becoming like real big shitheads, and you can kind of follow their social media presence, and it's just them <laughs> the, whipping around. They have social media. Yeah, because they're in. So essentially, which I don't know how much this gets into. I I, I remember get whatever. I have uh, producers who send me a bunch of stuff, and I put it all together. So they have like TikTok presence, and they're just whipping around Lamborghinis with like body paints on them. But they're in Russia, so they're not going to get extradited. And a lot of times, the Russian government is just like helping them screw over Americans. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, well, just give us mid seventy million, give us fifty. Yeah, give us fifty, and we're not going to get you in trouble, and you can just keep showing your middle finger to America. But those guys come a bit later. About a year later, October 29th, 2010, Monster, the infamous programmer who wrote the Zeus code, announced that he was retiring and selling the source code. JF, if you could use malware to steal one thing from people, what would it be? Oh, man. If I could steal one thing from anybody, I would steal uh, just a fuck ton of money from banks. Yeah, you're just going to go old school? like Yeah, just like cash and can help people. Give me enough money that I don't ever have to worry about money, and then anyone I love or care about never has to worry about money. Again. Well, the cool thing is now, well, I don't know if it's cool. What's cool for them, these guys, is now when you steal Bitcoins and stuff like that, it's completely untraceable, and you never have to get it back. Like one guy who did this uh, cryptocurrency on, he hacked into Twitter, and then he hacked every big... Uh, uh, celebrity. Yeah, celebrity. Yeah. And asked them to send, if you send me a Bitcoin, I'll send you back too. And the government was so scared, never wanted their money back so much, that um, they were just like, hey, just send back 80% and we won't get in trouble. That's crazy. Yeah, and so he got away with so much shit. It was really, I mean, he's a real big piece of shit. But the best is like, he has a documentary written about him, and then all the other like guys like this, like these Zeus guys are like, dude, don't, that guy's the worst. It's like, yeah, you steal money from like people in hospices and you're saying this guy's worse. Okay, so you're going to steal just straight up money. cash. Okay. Me, I've always wanted to do this and I probably shouldn't say it out loud because I still somewhat plan to do it. I want to steal email lists. Oh, from like other comedy? Yeah. Yeah. 
producers and stuff like that. And I, other famous comedians. Other famous comedians, stuff like that. Because it's like, yeah, you can buy one, but they're not uh, pinholed into what people who want comedy and want to go out to comedy. Like I saw this, I met this guy this weekend with Bert. And he's like he's like the Bill Graham of comedy. He owns uh-huh. the Wilbur and a bunch of oh, things. Oh yeah, I know that guy. The, yeah, the big, guy from Boston. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. dude. Yeah, the big yeah. He's a lot of funny ass stories. But he's just talking to me. I've, he's eaten, like, I've eaten very expensive dinners with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I did. Um, he, he was just talking about how he has like a two point five million email list for Boston, and it just kind of just yeah. And that dude can s- sell out the the TD Garden. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh, that would be pretty good. I really want to. I want if it, if there's a hacker out there, if Evil Corp is listening, please hack Brian Monarch and let me steal his <laughs> email list. I mean, if we're doing that stuff, if they're hacking that kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, it's like, get me right in the algorithm on on Instagram. Yeah, whatever I got shadow banned for, please undo that <laughs> for uh, hashtagging the word OnlyFans on an OnlyFans joke. That one could have, yeah. I like also six years ago. Do you you find the you follow that creator's app yet or if one yeah, yeah 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 they got a lot of good stuff on there. They oh, they keep pushing hashtags. I'm like, do hashtags really work? I guess they do, but who wakes up and searches hashtags? Seems like such a weird thing to do. Yeah, you're like, I just want to know what's going on with fucking Coco pl- Chanel. Yeah, Play-Doh, and you just like look at all these things about Play-Doh or like the Grand Canyon, fucking weirdos. All right, we're gonna go into the synopsis, give a little more information on what we just did. At the time of the 2007 Zeus attack, federal agencies thought that the malware used was not very dangerous because not compromised or stolen significant information. In retrospect, it seemed like this was because the hackers wanted to test whether or not the program was capable of infiltrating a highly protected network. It was fully capable, and following that year, Zeus Banking Trojan began to steal banking information from infected computers. Oftentimes, this was a slow operation. After entering a computer, the malware would have to wait until the victim opened a banking website and was asked to put in their credentials. At this point, Zeus would pop open and be able to record their keystrokes and drain their bank accounts. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, it feels like, it's as you're saying this, it feels like a 1990s, uh, like movie about hacking you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it doesn't even like that sounds like no one would even do that now yeah. but that is literally it's been the same since hacking was invented yeah like these guys have like spiky hair leather jackets and rollerblade everyone what was that that movie hackers that man. was, hackers. That was a great that was a fun movie. one yeah that one guy got in trouble when he was a kid in march of 2009 there were 74,000 compromised accounts on websites such as bank of america nasa abc cisco amazon and business week by the time Monster, M-O-S-T-R, allegedly sold the source code, Zeus had been able to steal well over $100 million. Ooh, baby. I know. So fucking cool. Selling the source code effectively eliminated the original Zeus malware, but this opened a can of worms like no one had ever seen. With the father code of the original Zeus, countless other variants began to pop up all over the world. The age of cybercrime had begun. JF, what's your favorite age right now? Top three. Top three ages. Age of Enlightenment. Like that one. Uh, age 21, because I could drink that. That's a good legally. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Age of Ultron. Those are good ones. You did some good ones. I was hoping you were going to come with a little bit action. Mine, number three, Bronze Age. About 3,000 to 1,300 BC, metalworking advances were made as bronze and copper and tin oil was being discovered. Now used for weapons and tools, the heart of metal was replaced, replaced their stone predecessors. And help spark innovations like the ox drawn plow. <laughs> wow. Incredible stuff, Bronze Age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
My also my favorite, the Protestant Reformation from the early modern era, about AD fifteen to seventeen to sixteen forty eight, with the religious movements in which Lutheranism, started by Martin Luther, broke with the Catholic Church and redefined Christianity. Was there anything better than that? <laughs> Number one, Rock of Ages. Okay, go back. <laughs> Not gonna read the bio on no, the Rock I, of I, Ages. Don't, I don't really. Remember. I thought it was School of Rock, and I read it, and I was like, no, not Rock the same of thing. Ages was the Broadway musical, like jukebox musical. Oh, was that the one about... Um, it's like a dude trying to make it as a rock star and they just sing a bunch of old like hair metal rock sh- songs. Oh, okay. I really love... You ever see the one It was about uh, Sunshine Records or Sun Records? I have not, but that one's... Uh, it was sick. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it's uh, Elvis... Billy, Elvis, uh, Jerry Cash. Lewis, Johnny Cash, and, and I think Roy Orbison. Or Perkins. Yeah, Sam Perkins. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great. It was the only ch- cruise ship I worked, they were on there. And they felt they were too cool to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their show was really good, though. But, uh, okay, let's go back to the yeah, time. You wrote your jokes. Yeah, exactly. And it's mine, and I'm the original guy doing it, not someone else. It's like, you're not the you're not even the actual guy who plays the actual guy. Yeah, you're a third generation <laughs> yeah, Johnny you're Cash. You're playing someone playing someone playing Johnny Cash. The timeline. This, uh, this, uh, this is going to be called the Sidrix, Dridix, Bugat, and the Birth of the Evil God. September 2011, a new malware appears under the name Scrydex, operating in a similar fashion to Zeus malware for years prior. Along with stealing the victim's banking credentials, Crydex was able to employ the victim's computer to be part of its botnet, hereby using it to dis- further distribute the virus. So a botnet is short for the robot network, which is a network of computers all infected by the same malware and under the control of a single attacking party known as a bot herder or a bot master each individual computer in the system is known as a bot and can be used by the bot master to carry out malicious attacks like ddosing a excuse me a website or sending emails infected with the malware they also use bots just to buy followers for people do that on social media yeah. to burst up their their stuff their their that's how that's the quickest way to get shadow banned right there but um yeah so essentially this is really like a, a nosferatu or a vampire like the head guy bites other people, then they yeah. bite other people, but in the end, he can control all of them. So if you don't know what DDoSing is, it's a distributing network attacks are often referred to as distributing denial of services, DDoS. Essentially, that's not very important. What it is is these things get, they take advantage of the capacity limits that apply to any network services, kind of like um, just websites. So the DDoSing is going to a website, pretending to buy so much shit that it crashes the website, and you just keep doing that as a ransom until people pay you money. Stop Damn. It's usually uh, used for internet shopping sites, online casinos, and any business that depends on uh, making money. So, like all businesses. Yeah, so like all businesses. <laughs> but if it's like like they wouldn't shut down like a blog or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're gonna go after somebody who's making money. Mm-hmm. November eighth, two thousand eleven. Maxim Yukbits and Igor Turshiv. Sent out, sent an employee of the Sharon City School District in Western Pennsylvania a phishing email to induce the employee to click on a graphic image, an infected graphic image. Yeah. Essentially, it's how they click. So this one we're going to look right now, one of the wanted by the FBI photo for Maxim Viktorichevich Yakubich. Is that one name? Yeah. Well, that's his Russian middle name. Okay, and that's or someone sneezing. You know, it's funny. I didn't think that I I thought that was four different dudes in that photo. Yeah, I mean, he does change his hairstyle a little too much. Glasses game and yeah, and I mean, a lot of suits though. Yeah. So this guy, how would I describe him? 
white Russian guy. Doesn't look too shady. Looks like no, he probably looks would. like a nice good boy. Yeah, he looks like a nice good boy. He's about 5'10", 170 pounds white. Um, this is what the United States... Looks like he'd have very, like, mathy jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has a Russian accent. He's not bad looking, though. Um, so what is he getting in trouble for? Why is he wanted by the FBI? For conspiracy, conspiracy to commit fraud, wire fraud, bank fraud, and intentional damage to a computer. The reward for getting this man, the United States Department of the Senate Transnational Organized Crime Rewards Program is offering a reward of up to $5 million Damn. for information leading to the arrest, arrest or conviction wow. of Maxim Vilkotorovich. Imagine, be, imagine a government wanting you so bad that they're just like, hey, if you tell us something that might get us close. You'll be rich the rest of your life. You'll, be, you'll get five mil. You'll get five mil. Or like what? You, so Do you think he's like, hey, I'll give you ten not to? Yeah, I mean, the amount of money this guy makes because he gets so much into Bitcoin yeah. that it's like he's so uber rich, it's insane. So caution. Maxim Vitorovich Yugibich is wanted for his involvement with computer malware that infected tens of thousands of computers in both North America and Europe, resulting in actual financial losses in the terms of tens of millions of dollars. Specifically, Yukabits was involved in the installation of malware process known as Zeus, which was disseminated through phishing emails and used to capture victims' online banking credentials. These credentials were then used to steal money from the victims' bank accounts. So essentially, he has a lot of crimes, and they're saying he's the leader of the guy who started the Bugat, Crydex, and Drydex malware conspiracy, and he oversaw uh, kind of the creation of everything. Good on that, dude. I mean... If no one's really getting in trouble and you're stealing credit card information for sure, because I think debit's a little harder to get back, but credit card information, it's like... That's Visa's problem. Yeah, that's their problem. It's not mine. I don't really care that much. Yeah. I mean, stealing from like hospitals, schools, stuff like that, yeah. as long as you're not hurting actual pa patients or kids. I mean, he does. They actually steal quite a lot of money from... Um, Sick people? No, that school district. November 10th, 2000. In 11, the employee clicked on a said on the said graphic installing the Bugat malware on an internet connected computer used by the school district. Bugat was another name for Crydex. December 16, 2011, Yukbits and Tereshev attempt to cause a, ma a wire transfer of nine hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars from the sheriff Sharon County School District to a bank in Kiev, Ukraine. Why not the other thousand? And that's what I was just thinking of. You were reading that, like, dog, just go for the mill. You're worth it, thing. baby. I feel like he was like, listen, if we do a million, they're gonna notice. Yeah. <laughs> or he's like, listen, we're not animals. We're not gonna steal a million dollars from a school. Now let me steal this old person's identity who lives in hospice. June 20, 2012, a significantly modified Crydex variance is released, and at the time called Crydex 0.77. JF, if you are naming a malware virus, what's the name? Uh. Uh, I would go with uh, uh, large one. Large one, okay. Yeah. Just in, like large, but then a one? Yeah. I like that one. I'm going to name mine gay. <laughs> <laughs> so people would have to be like, damn, dude, my computer's gay now. <laughs> I don't know what happened. If he was made that way or he caught it from another gay computer. Okay, that's not cool. I'm going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> August 31st, 2012. Yukabets and Turashev caused the Bugat malware to be installed on an internet-connected computers used by... Pinnacle Oil in Western Pennsylvania. Over the next four days, they use the malware to obtain the banking credentials of Pinnacle Oil. Once again, another company I don't care about. Yeah, they kind of do that. They really be fucking with stuff where it's like, 
they're evil anyway. Yeah, and it's, it's almost, not, almost like schools aren't evil, but you know yeah, what I mean. Like, but you know the federal government's going to be like, all right, we'll step in and give you that mill you lost. Yeah. And maybe they were bad kids. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they kind of keep doing it. It's almost like a, uh, sorry. No, no, you're okay. Like a Robin Hood, but you keep everything for yourself. Like a Russian Robin but Hood. But you don't know that. Maybe they are giving money in. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I've seen their videos. These guys are like whipping like Lambos, like their go-karts, smashing them, then getting these crazy paint jobs on shit. Hell yeah. Here's the FBI wanted poster for Igor Olegovich Tereshev. He's wanted for conspiracy. Just con- one photo for this guy. This guy's got one. He's, I would su- I would describe as a Russian bodega owner or like. No, I would say this guy looks like you, who the guy who was your cutest best friend in high school. Yeah, you think he's cute? I mean, he's an all right looking guy. He look, but by that I mean like he just looks like a normal, good looking dude. Really, I don't think he's. This is my thing with Russians. Why I don't understand it. One, two things. Why does every Russian person own an old members only jacket? <laughs> and then why is their hair always greasy? Russian people have greasy hair. I mean, that's what you're gonna get canceled for. I don't know if I can get who's gonna cancel me. These guys. Yeah, these guys are gonna cancel me. Literally, they're like bank account canceled, credit card canceled. Um, his alienis, aliases are Enki, Parasurama, Nintutu, Vzlupikin, Tiger, and Tigers. I mean, Tiger and it, those names get incredibly cooler as they go out. Yeah, yeah. Enki, not very good. Parasurama, not very good. Nintutu, it's kind of fun. He's uh, born in 1988. He lives in Oshakar, Ola, Russia. Isn't it crazy? This guy and me are two years age age difference and uh he's done so much more with his life yeah i mean this guy's if we had one bitcoin we'd be happy he probably has two thousand four four thousand fifty thousand bitcoins i wouldn't guess i would guess <sighs> yeah uh he's got no reward though ah. if i'm maxim i'm like really proud that oh you don't even have a reward they want five million for you <laughs> for me i think he brings it up at the meetings <laughs> uh up first will be anyone who's worth five million dollars to the u.s government Vitor, sit down. Igor, sit down. It's my turn. September 4th, 2012. Penteco's oil bank accounts had been fraudulently accessed and three separate wire transfers took place with three separate bank accounts. One for 2.15 milli. One for 76,000 and one for 1.35 milli. The transactions are processed through Citibank in New York and sent to three separate banks, one in Russia, one in Belarus, and one in Pennsylvania. To be clear, when Steve says milli, he means million. Million, if you don't yeah. know that. Yeah. You don't know NBA basketball. I'm fine with that. You know, Once again, don't mind oil companies getting robbed. JF, what are some companies and people you would use your virus on? I mean, first one uh, I would be, I'd be rocking uh, would be Instagram, just to fucking yeah. get my shit straight. Yeah. Because I feel like something's going on over there. <laughs> I don't know what I did. Similar TikTok used to get like 60,000 views on a video. Now we're down to 135. Yep. You did one thing wrong. I did one thing wrong. Made him angry. Uh, Facebook to uh, s- somehow unconnect all of my family from my Facebook so they didn't see what I was That's up to. That's a good to. one. And, uh, and parse out all these uh, open micers who friend request you 100 times a day. I like that um, one a lot too. And then uh, I would uh, do one for humanity's sake. Uh, and I would uh, do something like crash gasoline. Gasoline is getting so fucking expensive in L.A. right now. It is literally almost $5 a gallon. It hasn't been this bad since it w- like right after 9-11 or something like that. Yeah. It was like high fours when I first moved here like seven or eight years ago. 
Why can't Democrats get cheaper gas? Is it just because we don't want to do like evil things in the Middle East or something? I don't understand. Both. Midwest and the Middle yeah. East. Ugh, I'm, 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 I'm getting, the older I get, I'm just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to be Republican, I think. Well, we'll all be electric cars in the next 10 years. Hopefully. June 2nd, 2014, the FBI begins Operation Tovar, a sneak attack against Game Over Zeus botnet that involved many law enforcement agencies from multiple countries. A week later, the operation apparently succeeded at cutting communi- communication between the servers and intercepting the database of victims. Russian Avigny Bokacic, a.k.a. Lucky12345, Fuck or yeah. Slavic. That is the coolest. Lucky12345? That is a great name. Why do you like Just because it's so easy? It's just funny. Yeah. You know that dude is funny. Mm-hmm. You know that dude was like, what's the dumbest password <laughs> I've ever seen someone put in? Lucky12345. That dude's funny as hell. We got his what want a poster. He's got quite a lot. People are pretty, pretty mad at him. So he's wanted by the FBI of conspiracy to violate the Identity Theft and Assumption Deterrence Act, aggravated identity theft, conspiracy, computer fraud, wire fraud, money laundering, conspiracy to commit bank fraud. You can tell he got caught later than the other guys because they've added new laws. You know what I mean? Like the other guys like put shit on because no one had ever heard of the Assumption Deterrence Act. Yeah. And also, like, I love this dude's look. This dude's got a good Russian look. Mm-hmm. He's He looks, for a guy who's doing shit on computers, he looks dangerous. Yeah, he's got a very Uncle Fester. Oh, I, w- I wouldn't say that because he might kill you, so. Yeah, you're right. Like a, like a not anyone but, on, he definitely doesn't look like Uncle Fester, definitely doesn't look like he an looks, egg. He looks like the guy from the from Barry. Yeah, uh, NoHo Hank. Yeah. No ho Hank mixed with like the despicable me guy. I don't know. I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, this guy's cool. Uh so he's five nine, little on the short side, buck eighty. He works in the technology I mean, field. I wish I was a buck eighty. You're not five nine though. That's true. He's probably about our side. So some remarks. This is really cool, I always thought. Bogoshev was last known to reside in Anapa, Russia. He's known to enjoy boating and may travel to locations along the Black Sea in his boat. He also owns property in Krasnodar, Russia. Oh, the United States Department of Transnational Organized Crime Rewards Program is offering a reward of up to $3 million for information leading the arrest or conviction of Avigny Milikolovich Bogachev. Hell yeah. He should be considered a flight risk. June 22, 2014. A new malware known as Drydex appears as a potential successor to Crydex. And subsequently, Crydex versions stopped working. During the same month, the UK's National Crime Agency begins tracking an organization known as Evil Corp. So the synopsis of Crydex, Drydex, Bugat, and the birth of Evil Corp. It is important to know that at the time of the attacks, the public was not aware of identity of the attackers. In November of 2019, a federal indictment was unsealed that named Maxim Yukabets and Igor Turashev as the leaders of the Bugat Crydex malware conspiracies. The Crydex malware was initially released in 2011 as a sort of evolution of the Zeus code that had been used for years prior. It was successful as soon as it was implemented and has remained successful to date because of how much Yugabets and Tereshev put by, into bypassing endpoint protection products, a.k.a. malware detection. So it's like these guys just like, they're so good that they change the shit every day. It's like like a, it's like COVID, except yeah. faster and better. <laughs> it just keeps evolving constantly. And every time it gets broken, they'll just redo that shit that day. Yeah, and also they are like seeing like okay, what are the security people doing to stop us? They're, yeah, like that's part. Oh, well, you of their can daily see what research. they're doing too. Yeah, because yeah, they're looking on their computers. Oh wow, these guys are tight. 
When certain versions of their malware are detected and eliminated from victims' networks, the group usually returns shortly after with an undetectable version. So right when you think you got it, you get it right back. That's correct. They quickly learn and adapt to increasing cybersecurity monitoring. Because of, their, because of this, they are able to skirt past many companies' anti-virus programs. This has led to multiple names and variants for what is essentially the same malware, with Crydex and Bugat eventually becoming Drydex, which is still used today. The first attack in 2011 serves as a wake-up call that the 2007 Department of Transportation attack should have been. The Crydex malware was able to infiltrate the Sharon City School District. A month later, it had acquired enough information to attempt to wire transfer nearly a million dollars to a bank in Kiev. Is anything good ever happened in Kiev? <laughs> I know nothing about Kiev other than shit, let's get out. Yeah, yeah, let's go to Kiev. You can escape to Kiev. There's bad guys in Kiev. The following year, Yuka Betts and Tudorshev modified the original code and souped up Crydex. The next time they struck, it was against the Pinnacle Oil Company. Get it, boys? Which had its bank accounts drained for four days after the infection. Three separate wire transfers occur occurred, costing Panico a combined sum of nearly $4 million. The money was sent to three different banks where money mules work to get it into the hands of Yuka Betts and Tudorshev. What's a money mule? Next, I've got to learn about that business. I'm guessing it's kind of people just washing and laundering money. Yeah. yeah, internet money. Yeah, internet money. But then once cryptocurrency comes in, it's so much easier because you can you just, just get drop it, it in crypto and, and it's you're done. Done. The FBI began taking serious steps to encounter cyber crimes in the following years. The strongest of which was Operation Tovar. Separate from Crydex, Bugat, Drydex, a botnet known as Game Over Zeus had also arisen from the Zeus Sor code and drawn the attention of governments around the world. It took a week, but the combined efforts of Operation Tovar were able to sever the connections between the leaders of the operations and their databases and eventually 98.7 percent of the victim's data was able to be restored damn this forced yukabets and turashev to once again improve their program and shortly after tour operation a new malware began popping up under the name drydex drydex would go on to become one of the most successful hacking programs in history and to this day ranks as a top three most dangerous malware on the internet with something so successful on their hands, there was really only one log logical step for Yukabets and Turashev, establishing a franchise. Damn. Franchising, cr stealing from banks. Yeah. It's fucking tight. You can do anything on the internet right from your fucking house if you're just smart enough. The timeline, Evil Corp and the ransomware explosion. A UK resident stated that he had worked and communicated with Yak Yakubitz and Turashev, joining in on conspiracy for the price of $100,000 initially and 50% of all revenue afterwards with a minimum of 50k a week. So Damn. Yeah, that's a pretty good franchise. Yeah. Fuck McDonald's. I want to get on Evil Corp. Is there, there, there's like nothing in comedy that could steal that much money. Like it has to be banks. No, you could do uh, you get theater gigs. I learned how much Burt makes. You could easily make a hundred thousand dollars a week, or a night, or half of a night. August twenty eighth, twenty fifteen. One of the administrators of Drydex Network was arrested, causing some of the networks to go offline. They came back online by October, along with an additional six networks. Cut Man. off one head, and three will grow back. January 16, 2016, Drydex malware targets the patrons of 13 different UK banks, directing them to a fake website made in the exact image of their actual banking website. Just like in all previous cases, when the victims entered their banking information, the hackers were able to transfer out all of their funds. Imagine being that guy who like wrote all that code, made that fake image, and then it's like your bank account. <laughs> it comes on you, it's your buddy like, gets you. It's like... 
Like what a minute, it's, like, no, it's just like just like they got a thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nothing for me. This makes the internet scary as fuck. But like I said, I'm too broke to even really do anything. JF. Yes. What would you use a hacker to fix in your digital life besides like the internet? Is there any? In my digital life, you know what? I deleted my whole Facebook. I turned it into a fan page when I got divorced just so I wouldn't have to deal with those photos. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if a guy could go back and reconnect that for me and just take out all my... Like if a hacker could go in... If they could find a hacker to just delete your divorce photos, that would be a dope, <laughs> dope hacker. Like all your old wedding stuff and just Anytime I'm with a girlfriend that I'm not with anymore, you go into the internet and you delete it. Yeah. Wipe it. Wiping the internet. Yeah. Late 2016, Evil Corp begins to scale back on widespread banking trojans and starts to modify the DroidX malware to help with the installation of ransomware. <laughs> so sick. 20, or February 28th, 2007, Drydex 4.X is detected by the IBM X-Force. At this time, it was called a major version upgrade, being faster and more stable than its predecessors. I love that IBM has an X-Force, like they're like an X-Men team, but you know they're even nerdier than the dudes. They're for sure, yeah, and they're for sure nerdier, and their names are way weirder and way more dorky. Yeah, than the Russians. Than the Russians, yeah. They're like, who could ever stop Evil Corp? X-Force. Lame. August 22nd, 2017, a new ransomware variant is detected and identified as BitPayMer, B-I-T, capital P-A-Y-M-E-R. This ransomware attacked the UK's National Health Service, demanding 53 Bitcoin worth about 200000 at the time Damn. as payment. So as you can see, it kind of seems like they do, they, when they get a new program, they attack something early and do not very much damage to see if it can work, and then they go back harder, because 200 grand is nothing. Actually, though, 53 Bitcoin now at 50,000 is like 2.5 million, I think. Holy crap. Yeah. I got a friend who who got like got into Bitcoin like 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, he's rich. Like he was mining it. He's rich. Yeah. He works for Facebook. Oh, yeah. They, and they Oculus. Oh, nice. I know yeah. a couple people. My buddy Richard Cervate, you know Richard Cervate, yeah. he bought an ounce of mushrooms for 300 Bitcoin back in 2008, which is like, I think, literally like $15 million right now. Imagine that. Imagine that. If, if he still had that? If he still had that. He had a stupid ounce of mushrooms. And he would have $15 million if he would have still had that. And that mushroom dealer is like. <laughs> that mushroom dealer is like, we need to grow more mushrooms. <laughs> That's so cool. I never thought about it from the other guy's perspective. That guy was smart as fuck. Yeah. Imagine being able to sell something like that and be worth that much money one and day. And imagine how many other people he was selling Bitcoin. You imagine how many drug dealers there are right now who are just straight up retired. Retired and retired. From reti- selling like nickel bags of weed. On the internet. On Bitcoin. Yeah, for Bitcoin. For Bitcoin. Genius. The era of big game hunting. This attack is significant because it immediately and permanently changes the scale and scope of cyber attacks. Previously, ransomware had been used almost solely to target individuals for moderate amounts of money. But the 2017 BitPay Paymer attack targeted a massive organization and demanded an extremely high ransom. This type of attack came to be known as big game hunting, meaning that the attack and takedown of a large corporation. It was a low volume, high return style of cyber attack and set the precedent for attacks that followed. There is a better explanation further on, but the way this ransomware worked was by targeting and encrypting the victim's files. The attackers would then send a ransom note of some type demanding a payment for the key needed to recover the files. 
These types of attacks are notorious for targeting entities critical to public safety, like hospitals, police stations, and drug manufacturers. Fuck, that's smart. Since the information used by these organizations is so crucial, they usually just pay the money, even though the FBI advises against it because it encourages additional attacks. What, are you going to give me the money then, bitch? Shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? Yeah. The encryption. They'll wait it out until those old people die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just wait. I mean, it's such a stupid thing. I know you need all your files. Just wait it out because we don't we don't deal with terrorists. Well, why don't you go do something to catch these guys? The encryption and ransom functions of BitPamer were not necessarily sophisticated, but they were effective at crippling the network works they infected. It was unknown who created BitPamer until a technical analysis of the code occurred, and then it became clear that Drydex had been used to infect the computers, and Evil Corp was behind the new ransomware. Do you think they named themselves Evil Corp, or somebody else gave them the name Evil Corp? Sounds like some nerd shit. I think they did it. Hell yeah. But it's still a pretty cool name. This began an explosion of target attacks on high-profile corporations over the following years. July 24th. 2018. BitPayment ransomware is used to attack the IT systems of Matanuska, Alaska. It was mostly successful. The town was able to prevent some files from being encrypted. Who knew they even had internet in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> Not I. Yeah, their internet is actually just a strong bird. <laughs> it's a seal. You know, like, you want to go, I, I don't know. What, oh, it's just a weird accent. But like, you want to go by sea or air? Or, you're like, what? It's the internet? That's oh, a pigeon. September 11th, never forget, 2018. Bugat malware is installed on computers used by Remington Rifle Company. February 18th, 2019, 84 Lumber is attacked by ransomware. March 4th, 2019, Kurt J. Lesker Company is attacked by mal- ransomware. March 6th, 2017, Jackson County, Georgia is attacked. March 19th, 20... So these guys went crazy in the beginning of 19. Of 19. March 19th, 2019, JWF Industries. March 21st, 2019, a ransomware attack hits Arizona beverages. Arizona tea. Oh, no. There's nothing sacred in this world. I mean, now you're coming after the poor folk. Yeah. Who's this going? They're like, this is actually $2 a can now. Just <laughs> That's why they put <laughs> the price up. Yeah, they had to. Causing the company to be without computers for almost a week. I'm going to be honest. I don't think tea needs computers to be made. <laughs> the FBI had informed Arizona before their attacks that their systems have been compromised for months. In addition to these, big game hunting style attacks were committed against Apple Zero Day, Target, Pills, the largest distributor of automatic tools, Everest, Spain's largest managed service provider, and Spain's largest radio station. November 12, 2019, Maxim Yukabits and Igor Trishev are indicated as leaders of the Evil Corp Cybercrime Group and charged with malicious cybercrimes dating back to Zeus in 2007. Damn. So they've just been getting away with this without anybody knowing... From 2007 to 2019. That's 12 years of stacking cash. Yeah. December 5th, 2019, the U.S. Treasury Department imposes in sanction, sanctions against 17 people, 12 of them Russians, who are accused of embezzling more than $100 million from banks, companies, and individuals since 2011. Yukabets and Turashevin are among the tw- 17. And that's $100 million American dollars. Yeah. So, like, in Russia, ooh, baby. Do you know how much fucking vodka and ice you can buy? I think, the, I think the ice is free over yeah. there. But the <laughs> and bear food? Yeah. Vodka and bear food? The synopsis for what we just read. It is safe to say that Evil Corp as an, as an entity has dramatically changed over the last seven years, but some things remain stable. 
They're a sadistic organization cybercrime syndicate that was key in creating the cybercrime environment that exists today. They're the reason the internet's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, they suck, but it's, I mean, they're kind of cool, but it's also, they're like the reason everything fucking sucks. They're excellent at covering their tracks, but even better at making sure they are never discovered. And at this point, any cybercrime operating with Drydex malware or any of its multiple variants can be directly traced back to them. Their web of cybercrime dominance began to blossom, blossom when they were started selling their products to like-minded hackers. In a sort of ransomware for hire type of exchange for the small price of 100 grand plus 50% of your profits, minimum 50k a week, anyone can purchase the rights to the Drydex malware. That's insane. I know. So these dudes are just home getting 50 grand a week. Minimum. Minimum. And it's probably how, how do you contact first? How do you contact them to be like, hey, it's not like Wendy's. You can just call <laughs> up and be like, I want to run a Wendy's. Then you just yell into like an old Nokia phone. <laughs> you say Turashev five times and they'll call you. I don't know, man, but that's a great question. And I but I, I probably should know because I think I would want to do that. And the FBI's indictment even says that Igor Turashev provided technical assistance concerning the internal control panel used by conspirators geek squad for ransomware so essentially he'll 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 uh it is it you through it and he'll it you through it that's crazy it's crazy it'd be kind of cool to talk to him i would like call him be like yeah for some reason it's not really working right now so how you doing igor you good can we meet can i facetime you you seem really cool i won't i'm not trying to get that ran uh, that 500 million yeah, I, know. I just want to hang. Can yeah. I come on your boat? <laughs> Can I come on your boat or drive your multiple Lamborghinis? Meet your hot girlfriend. Dude, his girlfriend is hella hot. Let's see if it's still up here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Turashev's like... Pretty good looking guy. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. So, Turashev's wife... Oh, it's wife. He's married, man. Yeah, he's wife. He has sick... At, this is his st- kind of stupid Lamborghini they drive. Whoa. I don't know. That's pretty cool. I like how he's just parked in the middle of the street. Yeah, and he's like his outfit is so Russian too. He's just got like a, like a sequin shirt on. Let's see, his wife is crazy fine, especially in a couple of her photos. Now I know. Don't talk about a dangerous man's wife. Oh no! Oh my God, dude! Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, good Fair job, show, buddy. If you're listening to this, man, you love did. it. I'm real proud of you. You got hundreds of millions of dollars. And it, a lady who looks like hot Russian Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah, hotter Russian. But yeah, a little Taylor esque. I mean, she looks like. Cindy Crawford without the mole. Yeah, good call. She's so fucking hot. After franchising, it became obvious that the future of cybercrimes was going to shift away from high volume but unreliable attacks on individuals and focus on targeted attacks against corporations with big money and small security. The first bit paymer attack was against a hospital system, and this one attack forever changed the world of ransomware. I'm good with that. I mean, hospitals is like one of the ones that yeah. I'm like, come on, dog. P- you're putting people's lives on the line. But I doubt it's a real hospital. I think, bet it's their corporate place, you know? Yeah, but the corporate place doesn't need to give out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it is like the people are going to drop. But I like the idea of attacking giant places yeah, rather big, than people. Yeah, 100%. Big corporations, go for it. Every it, day, all day, every day. It's just like... Get Foot Locker's money. Cause yeah. they got my money. Because <laughs> they they're going to keep getting it. I want it back. See if I can get a little piece of that. It's kind of it's kind of like when the riots happened, like people were like fighting, like breaking cars and breaking like small businesses windows. That's fucked up. But when they were like going to torch a target, I'm like, I'll, I'll give me let me get in on that. Call me. I'll torch that target. It's like I need a flat screen. I need a flat screen. I'm in. Just not fucking torch the nail place. 
A new cr- term was created for this style of attacks, big game hunting, because something on so high profile had never happened before. This was a group of Russian hackers essentially telling the hospital, give us 53 Bitcoin or we're going to delete every one of your files. That's crazy. I mean, it's like someone stealing your memories. Yeah. And they're like, you got to give us 200 gram or you will not remember anything. Wow. That's a good way to put it. <sighs> a lot scary when you put it like that. Yeah. Rendered powerless, the hospital paid the ransom and boy, did things ramp up after that. Townships began to have their files encrypted with ransomware notes popping up on their computers and demanding a particular sum or their information would be either leaked or destroyed. Tens of millions of dollars were stolen from companies that had no choice but to pay the ransom. Damn. But this wasn't even the worst ransomware to come out of Evil Corp. As of now, that honor honor goes to Wasted Locker. Up next, the story of Wasted Locker. Ready for Wasted Locker? Oh, baby. From Jan- this all shit is so fucking new too. That's like my favorite. A lot of these songs I go and it's like 1942. A guy was riding a little Giuseppe motorcycle around town, caning people in Western Poland. All right, I don't know where I was going with that. That's why I'm not an improv person. From January 2020 to around the middle of March, Evil Corp was mostly inactive. Many believe that this was an effect of December's indictment, scaring the hackers into hiding themselves away. Like we said. Um, they have indictments against people, but they're Russian, and Russians don't want to send anybody out, so they don't really have to do anything. But so as long as you just don't leave the country, and America it, can't get you. And it's not like Russia's a little country. Yeah, a little. Yeah, <laughs> and also if you got that dude on your side, ain't no one's touching you, and you're probably paying off all the, the government. Yeah. Unfortunately, the hackers were not scared off by the indictment and just took three months off to isolate during the rise of coronavirus and create another impossibly complex ransomware. This shit's so no coronavirus is in it, dog. Insane. Wasted Locker was applies using the Gonzi malware, entirely new software that was set to completely replace Drydex. It shares no code with BitPamer, but exhibits similarities like the ransom note style of attack and per-victim customization. Wow, this reads like a fucking... Norton antivirus kind of thing. <laughs> it's just like fucking, you can sell it. One of their largest targets hit in 2020 was Garmin, the U.S. company that manufactures watches and GPS. Yeah, they, ha- they haven't been popular since the 1920s. Yeah, no. since the 1920s. <laughs> That's a little sad, hitting Garmin. What happened to TomTom? Is TomTom out there still? Garmin was attacked in July and had many of his... His son shoe company. His son shoe company. <laughs> just Tom. Had many of its services disrupted worldwide as a result, including some used by pilots. The attackers demanded a ransom Whoa. of ten million, and eventually the cup company obtained a decryption key, meaning they paid the attackers ten million. That's crazy. They're fucking with people who got planes in the air. Yeah, that's cold. But it's a way the the pressure's on. Yeah, like you're up in the air, dog. You're falling right now. You want to give me ten mil, or you want some people to fucking die? The wasted locker attacks, as well as BitPayment before it, are targeted and manually operated. Each victim of ransom is different depending on the size and business profile. A reported ransoms have ranged from 400k to over 10 million. If they if they hit me up and they're like, "We need 400k," I'd be like, "I need 400k, Doc." <laughs> it would be it'd be like the Wolf of Wall Street when Jonah Hill just like, "Show me how much you make, I'll come work for you, Evil Corp." Can you get to 400k I'll, right now? I'll come work. I'll buy a computer. What do you want? I got an Apple. I got a new MacBook Pro. Evil Corp puts a lot of effort into locating and destroying backups and generally have not resorted to threatening to release data like some other ransomware syndicates. just seems that they want their money. The way Wasted Locker works is by presenting itself as a fake update on legitimate but compromised websites. Hack news websites are most common hubs of infection now. 
After the malware installs itself in the computer, Evil Corp is able to slowly tailor the attack based on the victim. Beginning on one computer, the hacker is able to use the system's own native tools to begin stealing credentials, escalating privileges, and moving to other machines on the network. The aim is to gain access to high-value systems like file servers, database servers, and virtual machines running in the cloud. Historically, this type of slow and methodic attack have only been associated with cyber espionage activity by government-sponsored programs. God damn. Once the hackers have access to the files of value, they encrypt them with a unique 256 advanced bit encryption standard key, the AES. This is the largest bit size possible for an encryption key and is virtually impenetrable using brute force methods based on computing power. It would literally take billions of years to crack, meaning it's truly impossible for victims to recover files without the attacker's private key. March 5th, 2021. In the most recent and largest ransomware attack to date, CNA Financial Insurance, who ironically sells cyber insurance, <laughs> that is great, was attacked and ransom was set at forty million dollars. Dog, imagine be- how embarrassed you got to be being that company. They, just they, getting got like that. And they kind of keep doing it to people like that. Yeah, good. Like they're like going. It's like the prison and you go to the yard, you punch the biggest fucking guy in the mouth and they just keep going. And now there's no one big anymore. That's awesome. A new ransomware called Phoenix Locker was used. A variant of a new Hades malware encrypted by Evil Corp. Not much. Hades malware. Like hell malware. Yeah, that one's good. That one's a cool lesson. Hades yeah. is a great. Hades is a great malware name. Not much is known about Hades yet, but it's sure to stick around in one form or another. The Evil couple so we're going to do a little background on igor and maxim june 15th 1981 igor olegovich Turashev is born in yoshola russia may 27th 1987 maxim vitorkovich yukovich is born somewhere in ukraine these two men are the current heads of evil corp but they've been working together in the world of cybergram for over a decade Igar works on the more technical aspects of their operation, like system administration, management of the internal control power, and the overseeing of botnet operations. Maxim is the leader of the group who manages the development, maintenance, distribution, and infection of the malware software, as well as the financial theft aspects and the use of money mules. Not much can be found about Turashev online, but Yukabets, on the other hand, makes no effort to hide the fact that he exists. Lately, he has become well-known for driving a custom-painted Lamborghini yeah. with a front license plate that says Thief in Russian. Hell yeah, dude. I applaud you, sir. Sir, I applaud you. And he pretty much acts like his shit doesn't stink. Fuck it yeah, makes dude. sense considering he has allegedly been involved in cybercranes on an almost unimaginable scale for over a decade. Thief. And, and when you look at this... This Lamborghini, it's so dickheady. Like it's dope. It's he got the loudest thing he can. He's he went the tallest mountain in the world and is screaming, "I'm a thief!" And no one can even fucking talk to him. That's great. The U.S. government has made the claim that Yukobets is working for the Russian Federal Security Service. Duh, saying that they well, use now him. probably yeah, saying that they use him to acquire confidential documents through cyber-enabled means and conducting cyber-enabled operations on its behalf. These accusations are not without probable cause. In 2018, Yukabets was in the process of obtaining a license to work with classified Russian information from the spy agency of the FSB. In addition, for the last four years, he's been the son-in-law of a notorious ex-KGB agent. Damn. Untouchable. In the summer of 2017, Yukabets married Aliana Benderskaya. Beautiful. Daughter, Edward Bendereski. Bendereski was a high-ranking government official and a veteran of the Special Forces in a unit 
of the FSB called the Vimpel. He has been accused of organizing the assassination of a Chechen dissident, as well as using high-level connections to amend the laws surrounding hunting rare or endangered animals. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Sounds like his dad. Yeah, sound like, yeah, not that great. The wedding organizers had photographed the event and posted the pictures online, but they were removed in de- December 2019, the day after the federal indictment. That's it. Nice. Story of Evil Corp. I love these guys. They're pretty great. I can't wait to see the movie about them. Yeah, they're pretty great. I love everything they're doing. I, lo- I mean, you know, they, the, the stuff where they're fucking with people, but then people get the money back. And then honestly, these companies probably do too because all their shit's insured. Yeah. So it's like the only people that are getting hurt are insurance agencies. and. Well, that money trickles down to the prices of things. Yes. But at the same time. They point, say. But I bet yeah. you the price would have gone up no matter what anyway. 100%. So fuck them. I just hope they're using their money wisely in Russia. I hope they're like putting slides in orphanages. <laughs> I hope they're getting a son there. Not so yeah. groggy. Um, JF, how can people find you? Don't you have a special coming out? I got a special out? coming out. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the JF Harris or go to my website, jfharris.com, and you can link to my all my things there. It's also the JF Harris on TikTok and uh, I don't know, any other social aspects. All right, buddy. Oh, Thanks for follow coming. me on YouTube. The uh, or then that's JF Harris comedy on my YouTube channel, and that's where maybe the special is going to be, or maybe it'll be on HBO Max or Comedy Central. Who knows? We're still waiting to hear. But cool, man. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see it. You're very funny. I really appreciate you being my friend. You're one of the first people I met in LA, and I'm happy we're still friends. So you yeah, guys, buddy. check them out. Thank you for coming in, bud. Bye. Bye.